It's Nuggets Talk with Altitude's Chris Dempsey on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Joining us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line covers the Nuggets for Altitude. It's Chris Dempsey. Chris, it's been too long. How you doing, sir? Doing fantastic. How are you? It has been a long time. I'm glad to be back. Well, great to have you back on with us this morning here on, on this side of the hill. So before we get into the Lost the Bulls and, and some of the things going on right now, I want to get your reaction to what Kendrick Perkins had to say the other day. And, and I'm glad that uh, some some facts were laid out in, in regard to things that Kendrick Perkins said about uh, the lack of racial diversity among NBA MVP voters. I'm, I'm glad some of that uh, was uh, was presented by ESPN when he made some comments in regard to Nikola Jokic and his candidacy for a third straight MVP. I just I just want your takeaway on that because I'm 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 watching that and I'm listening to what Kendrick Perkins is saying and I respect him as a former player and, and his knowledge of the game, but I'm kind of going wait a minute I you know there, there are guys that that's uh, a it's a more diverse group than I think that he led on and that's obviously what what came uh, to be you know to be proven that that's a more diverse group of individuals in terms of a racial background that's among those voters. I was just. Uh, Taken aback by it a little bit. I guess just what what was your reaction when you heard what uh, what he had to say? Well, you know, I was um, uh, let's see uh, 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 the whole range of emotions, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, you're disappointed and you're frustrated, and um, you know, uh, you know, he's a a person that was kind of gra- he's been grasping at straws for uh, you know many weeks now in terms of this. MVP debate, but to go to that space was, um, it just wasn't true. You know, I mean, I, look, I, uh, you, you know, I, I, I was, I wrote for the Denver Post for 14 years, covered the Nuggets for a bunch of years at the Denver, at the Denver Post before I even stepped foot at Altitude. And I would say that of the four major sports, the NBA has by far the most diverse group of reporters when, you know, coast to coast. Um, so that just wasn't a thing. And, um, you know, to inject, you know, race into it the way he did, I, I just, there are times when that is, <laughs> that's a conversation that needs to be had. Absolutely. This wasn't one of them, you know, but this wasn't one of them. And it's really just not a part of it. And I, I think when you look at Nikola Jokic and um, the fatigue from some people, now I, I have to stress this because he's going to win the MVP. Um, and, you know, what that really means is, by and large, the people voting for this award um, are just seeing it for what it is. You know, they're just taking these players at, uh, you know, for what their body of work this season is. And so I, I think that's going to put Nikola Jokic over the top, although obviously uh, Giannis has really made a push here uh, late in, in the season. So we'll see. Um, but uh, I, I think for him, for, for you know, Nikola Jokic, the... the 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 case for him to be MVP is so airtight that if you are of the opinion that he should not win it, then the only thing that you could possibly do is start making it up. You could start saying he's stat padding, and you could say that it's a racial thing, and you could say all this. But what, but what you can't say is that there aren't about 15 different statistical categories. Oh, and one of them is the Nuggets are first place in the Western Conference that doesn't that says they all point to this individual as being worthy for the MVP. And when you run out of things to say, when you run out of actually, when you have no real solid arguments against that, sometimes 
you go to, to places where you shouldn't go. Um, I was extremely upset and disappointed with um, Kendrick Perkins. I don't even know, you know, in some of these instances, it's hard to even know how much you really truly, they, a person really truly believes versus this is what they're saying for television. But when you double down on it the way he did, I think there was something on, on the inside there uh, that, you know, that was coming out and, and it was too bad. But um, I'm glad ESPN cleared up at least the, the fact that, right. It, 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 you know, the, the voting base is, is um, it is a diverse group of voters. And so um, hopefully we can uh, kind of put this to bed. But, it, I mean, I, I don't – look, I, if, if Nicola wins and then the Nuggets don't go past the second round of the playoffs, then we'll be right here in this space again next year. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm well, well, well stated, Chris. Chris Dempsey from Altitude covers the Nuggets uh, joining us today on the Team Sports Network. And I, I just, you know, to kind of final, you know, thoughts about this with, with Kendrick Perkins – also being very selective of, well, you know, uh, Nowitzki and um, and Steve Nash and Nikola Jokic, they, they didn't finish in the top ten in scoring. Well, well, neither did Magic Johnson when he won a couple of MVPs. I mean, but mm-hmm. but Magic was very much like Nikola, a guy that just fills up the score sheet, one of the greatest players of all time. You can't you can't pick this, this one segment of, of, of players and go, well, yeah, they didn't do this, but when there was another segment of players that did the same thing, and they won, and nobody questioned that. You're not questioning that. I just thought that was another thing that was was uh, fitting the, the, his own facts around his personal belief of of why Nikola Jokic shouldn't win a third MVP. Yeah, well, and think about this. Just a few years ago, he was pushing Chris Paul to win the MVP. Chris Paul at the point at that time was below 100 on the scoring <laughs> list. Like He was so far down on the scoring list that that wasn't even a thought, but it was Chris Paul's full body of work, the fact that he's out there and impacting winning for a basketball team. Oh, and by the way, he's obviously one of the top assist players and one of the top steals players, and so those categories he did rank very high in. And so, you know, the thing, one of the things that was really ridiculous was when he started talking about moving the goalposts and where are the goalposts and why are they all moving? Oh, look, you, well, you, you are moving them. Like, they're just, yeah, uh, you're the one doing that. Ago, yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, this this was okay, and now it's not okay. Now you're trying to say, well, maybe you should just the, the MVP should just go to the scoring leader each year. That's that's, that's dumb. I mean, it's just so it's, uh, you know, it's it's. But there are look the goalposts are. It, it is obviously it's every year it's a complicated award because the question is is what does value mean and the valuable part, and what how are we defining that and what does that look like over the course of a regular season? Is that just stats, high stats? Is that, does it mean you're just the actual best player in the league? Does it mean that if we take you off your team, your team totally falls apart, which to me is value. What's your value toward winning for your basketball team? And for Nikola Jokic, we saw it last year. The Nuggets probably may have been a play play in team if he wouldn't have been on the on, on the squad. And yet he was. Yet they were top six because he was. And this year, now he has lifted that team even higher to the number one spot, number one seed. So from a winning standpoint, and from stats that are just unreal across the board, um, yeah, look, he, he is very deserving of it. And there's really no case to be made that's significant or really pertinent enough against him. Now, this, th- these are the kind of comments to me that number one, I, they're, they're, I, I don't, I, you know, he doubled down like you said. I don't feel like it's, you know, if that's how he feels, okay, I, I guess that's how he feels. Just finding things to create, you know, clickbait that kind of stuff. Then mm-hmm. uh, that 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 bothers me about it, and it doesn't it doesn't help promote 
what what I feel like the NBA, like you said, I think you know the most diverse league in sports from top to bottom. It doesn't help to promote that, and and with the, with that kind of dialogue, I I just don't think. Well, it doesn't, and and it takes you know, look, there are times where there's a, a real racial conversation to be had. Absolutely, and you know, and and so don't cheapen those times by assigning it to stuff like the MVP, which there's no, like it's not a thing in this situation, and so. Um, you know, I, I just wish that sometimes um, we would think about that, you know, because, you know, it, it's, it, it's far too important a, a subject to now assign it to places where it's not applicable. And this was one of those things. And so now we have a kind of a, a national conversation in sports circles and basketball circles around race that we should never be having right now because it's not, this is not the, this is not the time. This is not the space. And this is not the issue for it to be, uh, to be in, in the spotlight. And so, um, you know, some, there's, there's too many times I think we play fast and loose with this kind of stuff. Kendrick Perkins did that. And now there's no coming back. Now it's all on all, all of our minds and, you know, and, and, and we're talking it through and, and it's just, we should never have been in this space, but but we are, and it's good to know though that um, you know more thoughtful heads are prevailing here. We're all kind of looking at it, thinking it through, talking it through, um, assigning evidence, actual factual evidence to things rather than just saying the stuff on television. And so, um, you know, uh, at least uh, you know from from that standpoint, uh, you can take a little bit of solace. He covers the Nuggets for Altitude. Chris Dempsey joining us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Chris, we'll, we'll turn to what's going on actually on the court with uh, the Nuggets losing to the Bulls the other night. Yeah, the four-game winning streak got snapped. It just, it just one of those. It was You're going to throw out a clunker no matter how good you are, as good as the Nuggets have been playing. Once in a while, you're going to throw out a clunker, and, and that was the, the Bulls game the other night. Yeah, it definitely definitely was. I mean, twenty one points is by far the worst home loss, and they've only had five of them. <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but it was a it was an interesting game because uh, they did get off to a good start. I mean, they were winning fourteen to four, and then after that point, everything kind of just fell apart a little bit. And I just thought that I just thought that after that early start, they took the they took the foot off the pedal a little bit, and then in Chicago just kind of kept grinding and. I, you know, part two of this is is I, you look at the Bulls team and especially that, that starting lineup that they put out there, and you just wonder how on earth they have the record that they have. I mean, there's just too many good players on that team for them to have an under five, a well under 500 record, but that's where they are. Um, but then offensively, I thought the Nuggets just didn't execute not nearly the way that they have um, all season long. I mean, I, Michael Malone after the game said, um, "I haven't seen like that team. I don't recognize you know that Nuggets team. I that's not a that." That's not a performance that we have put on the court almost ever uh, this season, and the spacing was really bad. Now, the one thing Chicago really is good at is, is defense, and if you are going to allow them to kind of um, pack the paint a little bit, kind of shrink the floor, pack the paint, um, and then um, make it easy for them to get out to shooters because they're just not standing far enough away, then you let a good defensive team become a great defensive team. And I thought that that was what really was happening with the Nuggets as we got into that third quarter. The spacing was really, really bad, and so you just really want to you really want to spread teams that are really good defensive teams like that out as far stretch them out as far as possible, and then put them in rotation, get the ball moving from side to side, 
and make them have to make these multiple efforts. Now you can um, get, a, you know, you can swing the ball to the other side. You can drive a closeout. You can swing it to the other side, drive another closeout, and now you've created openings against a very tough defensive team. Uh, the the Nuggets really just didn't do that. There was a lot of stagnant offense possessions, really close in, bad spacing, and it just allowed Chicago to to really get a, a foothold um, into that game, especially defensively. We're talking with Altitude's Chris Dempsey, who covers the Nuggets here on the team on the Jim Davis Show. Chris, I want to ask you, Zeke Naji has been out for a while dealing with a shoulder injury. If and when he is able to return, what do you think will be the the transition process? And how do you think, what, what kind of role do you think he would have on this Nuggets team after being gone for so long? Yeah, unfortunately for Zeke, it's just too bad. Every time he plays really starts to get... Uh, to a space where he's playing really well. He seems to have an injury situation uh, crop up. And uh, unfortunately for him, I, I think um, even when he's back healthy, um, I, I, I can't see much playing time at all for him uh, when he comes back. I, I think the Nuggets are right now establishing, uh, you know, rotations. You know, they've got their starting five uh, back, and, 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 and now that the starting five is back, they're kind of try, trying to sort it out on the bench with Bruce Brown and, Jeff Green and um, obviously Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant and um, you know the, the, this crew and I mean look we haven't even seen really Christian Brown a ton in the last few games either and so I, I think what we're starting to see is what this rotation will look like come playoff time and what we're starting to see also is you know going back to the Chicago game I think if this if that game was about let's say a month month and a half ago. We would, see, we, we would have seen Christian Brown in the game. We would have seen some other players just in the game um, because uh, they needed an injection of energy, some positive energy. But because we're about 16 games to the end of the season and you have a bench crew that you want to get chemistry and yet they have to understand the system, they have to understand each other, you leave them out there even though the game is going south on you because the bigger picture is when the playoffs start, these guys have to be able to operate kind of as a well-oiled machine or as close to it as they can be. Um, so for Zeke, I don't know that he fig- figures into that anymore, just like Black Coast finding it hard to figure into. Well, he was injured. Um, just like um, uh, Christopher Brown is finding it hard to figure into that. So um, we'll see. It remains to be seen, but I, it's too bad because – you know, Zeke, uh, he's a really, really good player. And I think he's a, a real, he can be a real asset uh, for a team, but um, he can't stay healthy. And, and that's really, really damaging um, his young career so far. Chris Dempsey with us today on the Team Sports Network. Just a couple of questions, Chris, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here uh, with um, Reggie Jackson, his addition to this team. And it seems like, and that's one of those guys that's where. You know, you mentioned where Michael Malone's trying to solidify what his bench looks like as we head toward the end of the regular season into the playoffs. And Reggie Jackson looks like he's still trying to kind of get his sea legs under him a little bit in a Nuggets uniform. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fact. You know, um, I, I remember the so in Cleveland, I did an interview with him prior to the game, um, and one of the questions I asked him was just, I, I, well, it was it was kind of a two parter. It was well, you were you you were you arrived. You know, right prior to the All Star break, you watched them play a game, and now you have the entire All Star break and a couple of practices. You know, how much did that help? How much is that helping you? You know, be comfortable out here? And he's like, Yeah, well, um, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> I, don't, I barely know the playbook, and I, I have to understand everything that's happening. And so, um, it is definitely a process. And and um, 
you know, for, for Reggie, it's about, he's also kind of trying to work through some shooting struggles or but like kind of ups and downs, as you say, roller coaster and his shooting, um, as long as well as learn to play and learn his teammates and Thomas Bryant, the same thing. And so it's, um, it, it will be interesting. And that, that's why another reason why they have to be on the court a lot, you know, they have to be on the court a lot to get into a good rhythm. Uh, Reggie Jackson is at the center of that because they really want him to, um, along alongside Bruce Brown, I think be the two main scorers off the bench. And Reggie Jackson also has the ability to put, you know, five, six assists on the board as well as five, six rebounds on the board too. So he can impact multiple stat categories. Um, but uh, I, I think we all just are going to watch him uh, just get more comfortable as the regular season goes on. And hopefully by the time the playoffs start, um, he's in a really good space. And then tonight when the, the Nuggets play at San Antonio, uh, the Blue Arrow, Jamal Murray, might end up yeah. being, most likely end up being, barring an, an abysmal night from three-point range, uh, will end yeah. up being the Nuggets' all-time three-point leader, surpassing Will Barton. Yeah, yeah, I mean, unless he goes over, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All he needs is one. Um, yeah, and, and that'll be awesome. Jamal Murray's going to set that record out so far. It's going to be very tough for anybody. To catch. Well, you know what? Michael Porter Jr. might be the guy. <laughs> yeah, he might be the guy that catches him, maybe. <laughs> yeah, to catch it, to catch it later, but um, it, it, great for him. I know it means a lot to him uh, to have that record. And, and I, I joked with Will Barton. Uh, he was just in with Toronto a couple of games ago and did an interview with him. And I, you know, I just posted, I said, well, you know, Jamal last year said he's going to catch you for this uh, three-point record, and he's going to do that in the calendar year. And he just laughed, and he said, well, that record should never have been mine anyway because Jamal missed so much time with that injury um, and missed all those opportunities to, to make three-point shots. So um, Jamal is uh, has been – you know, uh, he's been a great shooter. He just, he, he really just has. And he's been very consistent. Um, he, early in his career, he would have these seasons where he would start off really struggling from the three point line and then he would kind of get it sorted out over the course of the, over the course of the season. And he's not that player anymore. You know, he, he knocks him in on a regular basis, he takes big shots, he makes big shots. Um, they mean something. It's not just empty calories. And in a three point era, which where we are in the NBA, um, I, you know, there's a few players in Nuggets history that I can think uh, should have this record more than Jamal Murray. Absolutely. 